0: Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Amen. Man, I just feel like shout. I don't know. I just If y'all knew what I know, <laughs> some of you know. You don't even know what I know when you know. God's good. Y'all, excuse me. Hallelujah! I gotta just get that out. I'm sorry. I'm just—he's just that good. Sometimes quiet praise is good. Sometimes I just got to scream. Got to scream. He's good, man. If y'all knew what I knew, you're gonna know. (laughs) If you don't, you will. You just wait. It's coming to pass. It's happening, so y'all just y'all just hang on for the ride. We're having fun. By the way, we have fun at church. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah we have fun. Wow, today's a special day. Um, a couple things happening here at the end of service I want to tell you about that are special special today because we're celebrating our graduates, 14 of them. Uh, some of the parents feel like shouting just because of that. Some of you are not sure you want to shot yet because you know they just graduated high school and you're getting ready to pay for college, so, so that's a different story. And then, and then we get to do really two really special baby dedications today, and it's a good day. I've got a question for you this morning. I want to know if you're living scary or if you're living hairy. <laughs> Some of you are living hairier than others, but we'll get there. Well, you'll figure it we, we've, been to, we've been discussing uh, the account of this strong man in Judges. It's a four-chapter account of this individual who comes off, he, he jumps off the pages of Scripture almost like a Superman hero. He was incredibly weak, and yet at the same time, he had these great moments of strength, and then he had these greater moments of weaknesses. He's, he's this contrast that goes on. I've said it every week, I want to say it again like this He was otherworldly strong, but he was real world weak Some of you, that, that's the story of your life You're other world strong You got faith, you can prophesy, you can pray in tongues You can do the whole deal And yet, when it comes to real life, you struggle And there's weakness there And So we begin talking about the strong man In week one, I told you that one of the key components of the strong man's life was this That God used the strong man But the strong man never allowed the same God that used him to change him He settled for outward demonstrations, but he would never submit to inward transformation. He he was good with God using him. He just wouldn't allow God to change him. And what I said to you is that that is a pitiful, scary way to live. I said to you that the strong man's key weakness was that the strong man loved the strong man. If you read the account of Samson, what you discovered is that he had a mandate on his life to set the entire nation free, and instead he used up, he squandered his entire gift on himself, on thrills and pleasure and and ambitions. He used up the very gift that God had given him on himself, even though it was destined for everybody else. That's a scary way to live. Second week I talked to you about the demands of deliverance and I told you that in Judges the Bible says as the story breaks onto the scene it says and Israel was back at evil and I said to some of you that some of you are back at some things that you should have already walked away from. God set you free from some things. The Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free in Deed. and what that means is, is that once Jesus sets you free he intends for you to stay free but many of you are right back at the very things that he set you free from and what I want to say to you again today is that you don't have to go back to that stuff you can walk away from that stuff you can walk yourself right out of, out of all that bondage into freedom with the help of Jesus you don't have to go back at things uh, just, just, just the introduction Yeah, I said that out of this account that the overlooked ones because we know nothing about Samson's mother that the least likely are really the likely least because God specializes in using people that take, that cannot take credit. I, I, aren't you glad this morning that God still uses people that nobody would expect him to use i i'm glad of that for you i'm especially glad of that for me a nobody a nothing I want to be a a a, never mind a last chosen for the dodgeball team i'm the the likely least this morning god specializes and then i said to you that deliverance always comes with demands i told you that it is our character that produces our clout it is our separation that generates our strength and it is our purity that produces our power we must live a delivered lifestyle if we want to be able to produce deliverance I told you that many of us long for the power and the anointing of generations past but we refuse to live at the separated levels of the past uh, so the generations that went before us I don't want to go back to the good old days I don't want to go back to sawdust I don't want to go back to no air conditioning I don't want the ladies to go back to no maker never mind and uh, I don't want to go back to legalism but let me tell you this morning I long for the spirit of God that my forefathers experienced I long for the revival I long for the the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I long to see people walk in messed up, jacked up, and walk out changed and delivered and set free. I long for the church to be able to impact a community again. And the only way that happens is if we embrace the separatedness of a previous generation. then last week we talked about the details of destruction and I said to you that we are literally destroyed by the dittos of our life. It's the cycles that we refuse to fail and to recognize are the cycles that destroy us. Too many of us just keep reliving the same issues and they're just separated by years. We never really get freedom because we won't deal with the dittos of our life and we prefer the prohibited and we allow the things that, that constantly resurface in our life to slowly and consistently destroy us. Some of you are dealing with the same issues now as you dealt with when you were 12 because you won't deal with your dittos and it destroys you and I said to you that we've got to understand that delayed destruction is still destruction You may not feel the pain right now. It may not feel like it's costing you anything right now. But I just came to tell you this morning that the wages of sin have never changed. They're never going to go up. They're never going to go down. The wages of sin is still, will always be forever and ever death. And if you don't recognize that today and you think you're escaping destruction because you don't feel the pain right now, the truth is, is that delayed destruction is still destruction. So let's finish this thing up this morning in Judges chapter 16. This is the account that you're familiar with. This is the one that Hollywood glamorizes and talks about. This is Judges chapter 16, the last days of Samson's life. Judges chapter 16, beginning in verse 16 says this. She kept at it. This is Delilah. She kept at it day after day, nagging and tormenting him. Finally, he was fed up. He couldn't take another minute of it. He spilled it. He told her, a razor has never touched my head. I've been God's Nazarite from conception. If I were shaved, my strength would leave me. I would be as helpless as any mortal. And when Delilah realized that he had told her his secret, she went or she sent for the Philistine tyrants, telling them, come quickly. This time he's told me the truth. They came bringing the bride money. And when she got him to sleep, his head on her lap, she motioned to a man to cut off the seven braids of his hair. And immediately he began to grow weak. His strength drained from him. Then she said, the Philistines are on you, Samson. And he woke up thinking, I'll go out like always and shake free. He didn't realize that God had abandoned him. The Philistines grabbed him, gouged out his his eyes and took him to Gaza. They shackled him in irons and put him to the work of grinding in the prison. But his hair, though cut off, began to grow. Verse 28. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the the temple. Pushing against them with both hands he prayed. Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. The strong man teaches us that there are essentially two ways to live. You can live scary or you can live hairy let's see if i can explain when you bullet down the account of samson teaches us two lessons about how we live the strong man teaches us about hell see samson lived scary this account contains what I believe and it's just my opinion you can take it or leave it but I think I can illustrate it for you well enough that maybe you'll join me I think this account contains within it the scariest statement ever made in scripture it is scarier than the floods listed. It is scarier than any plague that fell on anybody. It is scarier than the end time prophecies with all the stuff we don't understand, like the seven headed beast and the candlesticks and the marks and all that stuff. We go, what in the world? The dragon and the white lady and the bay. What is it? All scary, but not as scary as this. The scariest statement ever made, the scariest account ever described in Scripture contained. In this passage, it's this. He woke up thinking, I'll go out like always and shake free. Here it comes. Here it is. Here it is. He didn't realize that God had abandoned him. What a terrifying thought that you can be in tune, that you can be anointed, that you can be used by God. And then that one moment, something changes and the very God that you're turning to is nowhere to be found because He's abandoned you because of your choices. In other words, He's saying, you know what? I can do what I want to do. And when I do what I want to do, I will shake myself like I've always shaked myself and I'll turn to God and God will bail me out and God will come to my rescue he's my shield he's my deliverer I'll just live like I want to live and then I can shake myself and we discover that instead when we shake ourselves God's nowhere to be found because he abandoned see the ego in this statement there there, there was a seed of pride that was planted early on in Samson's life and now what we discover as we come to the end of his life we see that that seed of pride has now birthed fruit it's at its fullness it is the fruition of pride in his life there's ego here I can live any way I want to live I can cross any line I can adopt any lifestyle and when I need God he'll show up overestimate our own ability and we underestimate the depths of our own sin so what we do is we confuse our abilities and our power with his power and we literally think that his power is our power so we shake ourselves and then we discover too late that he's gone see the the, strong man was playing God rather than relying on Hey, I, I would say to you this morning that his rebellion was so rampant that he failed to even recognize the warning, the warning signs that God was trying to give him. We we read the story as if if all all four occasions where Delilah nagged him all took place in one night. Get a grip! It was probably four different occasions where he would visit her he would spend the night with her and she would begin to nag him it, it, it's too much to happen in one account there's space in between them she's nagging him nagging him nagging and on four different occasions three in which he she didn't tell her the truth got closer to the truth every time now suddenly she nags him and he tells the truth and he doesn't even recognize the warning signs like she kept doing what he told her warning hello this is not going well Or how about even this? He didn't even recognize the warning caught up in her name. Do you know what Delilah means? It literally means, her name means the weakening or the debilitating one. Hello? That's not the kind of woman, that's not the woman you want to take home to mom and dad. Hey, come on in here, debilitating one. Yeah, let me sp- let you spend some time with the family. Yeah, right. Come on. Come on, Samson. Don't you even recognize the warning wrapped up in her name? And he doesn't because he refused to respond to the Spirit's leading. And so then he failed to recognize the Spirit's leaving. Y'all didn't get that? That was good. He so failed to respond to the Spirit's leading that one day the Spirit began to leave and he couldn't even recognize it the scariest moment in scripture is this moment where there's no sensitivity to the spirit there's no awareness of the literal absence of God in fact I would declare to you today that the absence of God is in fact the literal definition of hell oh yeah when God is not in the equation you are smack dab in a literal hell are you telling me I'm going to hell Steve no I'm saying some of you are already there because you have made choices in your life and continue to live your life in a way that you have progressively walked away from God and now you shake yourself and expect the anointing that did rest on your life is no longer around and when you need Him you think He's always going to respond and when you shake yourself He's nowhere to be found you are in the middle of His absence and you discovered that you're right smack dab in hell that is hell I wonder how many of us are going out like always thinking that we're living free, we're living delivered and the truth of the matter is is that we're right in the middle of the hell of abandonment and the hell of no God presence and we don't even recognize it I didn't say we didn't come to church I didn't say we didn't worship like we know Him I didn't say you didn't feel goosebumps this morning I didn't say you didn't talk to Him in the car I'm just saying that at some moment in your life by decisions that you've made step by step, step by step, step by step you walk away from Him and then when you turn and go through the motions you've always gone through and you need your family rescued and you need your kids rescued and you need your job situation worked out and you need to be healed and all of a sudden you turn and you shake yourself and there's no God there. I wonder how many of us have turned our lives over to our business and how many of us have turned our lives to become so ensnared by the activity of our children and how many of us have become so captured by things that we never realized in fact that we've walked away from our relationship with God, our time with God and we shake ourselves expecting to see the hand of God and what we encounter is the back of God because he's already gone See, in Samson's case, it seems to have happened in one fatal haircut. But the truth of the matter is, is that Samson walked away from God daily gradually in a progression that leads him to this scary moment and what I would say to some of you is that it won't just happen on a certain day where you suddenly wake up and go, I don't want I don't, I'm going to do what I want to do no it's this progression this gradual decision making process you get a little further away a little further away a little further away a little further away then you need God and you turn and say God come help me and all you hit is silence what a terrifying moment to wake up and realize that God is gone oh you got the Christian t-shirt yeah and and your radio is like turned to Caleb all the time you got the fish on your car but your enemy still remains your enemy is on attack your enemy is breathing down your neck your enemy is about to destroy you and you turn and say God You're supposed to be my shield. You said about yourself, you're my fortress. You said about yourself, you're my strong tower. And God, I need you now. I haven't needed you before today, but I need you now. And you call out to him and you shake yourself and go through what you know to do. And he's gone. hell you felt him in the past you pursued him in the past you had a relationship with him in the past you got calloused you got careless you got cold and now you need him and there's nothing the strong man teaches us about hell that is a scary Way to live. In fact, what I would say to you this morning is if that is you, if that describes your life, if that ex- describes where you are right now, you're not even really living, you're existing. The Bible declares specifically that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. But I would say to you this morning, if you haven't checked yourself, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself because there could be this possibility that you walked away from God a long time ago and you don't even recognize it and there's no way you can have life more abundantly if you don't know the author of that life. See, the truth is is that very quickly you can become the prize in the devil's parade. So my question for you this morning is simple. Out of this passage, is God with you? Is God gone? Have you slowly walked away? Is His power operating through you? Is the encounter of His presence, is the joy of your salvation just a distant memory in your life? Is God gone? And if He is, I would declare to you this morning, you better find Him. Because you will find yourself in a situation where you need Him but the story doesn't end there because this account teaches us that you can live scarier that you can live hairy because not only does the strong man teach us about hell the reality is is that this strong man teaches us about hope it's got the scariest statement ever made in scripture contained in it God was gone but it also has one of the most Powerful, hope-filled statements ever recorded in scripture contained in the story and it is very simply this his hair began to grow back what has been lost can be found what has been thrown away sinned away can come back that is the assignment in a nutshell that is the assignment of Jesus In fact, I would tell you this morning that the enemy comes to blind, but Jesus came to bring sight back the enemy comes to bind but the Jesus declared about himself I am anointed to set the captives free the enemy banishes us in fact this account teaches us that because they take Samson on a 15-hour journey from his homeland to get him all the way down to Gaza they banish him they isolate him they put him in confinement but Jesus comes into our life to restore us back to home that is the hope-filled moment of this account you can come home again again you sh- see we shake our finger at samson we shake our head at samson and, and we think he was stupid and he was we 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 we, we assess that the-, the excess of his life and it causes him to question his intelligence and we should it seems that he risks so much for so little and we take him off the pedestal because of his lust and perhaps we should But at the same time, I just came to tell you this morning as we wrap this account up is that this account is not a story about Samson. This account is a story about God. It's a story of hope. The hair can grow back just because you have made huge mistakes. Your life does not have to end in destruction. Just because you've made life-altering, family-affecting, future-destroying mistakes does not mean that you can write God out of the equation because His hair began to grow back. If you could ever come to the place, there's a progression here. Here are the steps. If you could ever come to the place where Samson came to, he says, God, remember me, but that's not the first step. The first step is is if you're going to ask God to remember you, then somewhere in that step, in that progression, there's a moment where Samson remembers God the one who used me the one who spoke life over me the one that destined me the one that prophesied over me the one that gave me promises the one that said good things about me the one that has mercy the one that has grace the one that can renew my life the one who can give me life the one who has used me my, the one I've seen his hand he's touched me I remember him I think he was in the cell and he began to remember all the things when the spirit of God would come upon him and stir him I think he remembered the day he tore the head The gate off the hinges. I think he remembered the day he caught the foxes. I think he remembered the day that he took up the jawbone of a donkey and it became like a bazooka in his hands. I think he remembered the day. And out of that moment, he comes to this place where he remembers God. And then the second step is, God, remember me. Notice, if you will, Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, you know Hebrews chapter 11, right? Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of heroes. Hebrews chapter 11 is the list of the faiths, favorites. Hebrews chapter 11 is the who's who. The, the, those books they're trying to sell you right now with your kid's name in them that they want to charge you like $5,000 for. The, the, this is the who's who of, of the greatest men and women in the Bible. It is the echelon, the upper echelon. It is the greatest of the greats. These are the Noah's and the Abraham's and the Moseses. They're in Hebrews chapter 11, but we don't read far enough. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, and then verse 32 through 34. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and... What? That's a typo. I'm sorry. We put it in there wrong. Samson? Are you kidding me? The one who didn't live up to his, brother. Samson, how did Samson, I got to go back and read it. would take too long to recount the stories of Gideon and Barak and Samson. I mean, I get David and I get Samuel and I get Noah and I get Mo. but Gideon. Oh yeah, Samson It says this, it says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight how did a man like Samson how did a man that was so weak how did a man that lived so far beneath his potential how did a man that squandered his gift how did a man that lived like this rub shoulder how could he ever rub shoulders with guys like David and Samson and Noah it's got to be a mistake God, how could he end up there because he lived his last day Harry. He experienced what we can experience. He experienced that in spite of our brokenness, in spite of our flaws, in spite of our fatal failures, in spite of our stupidity, in spite of sickness, in spite of bad decision, in spite of choices that we wished we would have never made, in spite of living our life at a level that we never thought we would, in spite of our family being broken, in spite of our body being broken, in spite of our trust being broken, that God has the ability to turn things around that we too can snap victory out of the jaws of defeat that we too can live here. Harry! How do you live, Harry? Well, I would tell you that you don't do that in your own strength and you don't do that in your own power because you will always come up short every time. No, instead you must embrace grace. You must remember that remember God so that he will remember you if you want to live hairy you've got to come to this place in your life where you assume the position that Samson did you find you come to yourself when you're locked up in your cell I'm in a cell my life my life has not turned out like I thought it was going to I didn't expect to end up divorced I didn't expect to end up sick I didn't expect to end up bankrupt I didn't expect to not have the job I thought I, I didn't expect to drive what I'm driving I didn't expect I didn't expect my kids to be crazy. I didn't expect. You find yourself in that position. And instead of wallowing in defeat and wallowing in sorrow and embracing what the enemy's done and what time has done and what the world has done, instead you embrace the fact that God is good and God is great and God will never forsake the righteous and God knows my name and God loves me and God cares about me and I come back to this place where I remember what he did when I was a teenager and I remember what he I'm about to preach myself happy this morning because God's turned my life around See, there are many in this room that have either had or need to have a one more time moment. See, I know you've fallen. But one more time. I know you're addicted. But one more time. I know you're not living like you thought you'd be living. But one more time. I know that life has... had. Dealt you a tough hand, but one more time. I I I know that you've messed everything up. And, and 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 everybody around you doubts you and trust has been broken but one more time this story is a story of hope Your your hair can grow again you can be used by God again you can win victories again you can be strong again you can take courage again you can push again you can topple strongholds again one more time maybe I should read to you Psalm chapter 89 because in it there's a passage that sounds terrible it sounds like hell but it ends in hope and it's the story of what god wants to do with us listen to what he says psalms 89 verses 30 through 34 says this talking to david and about his descendants but talking to us but if his descendants forsake my instructions and fail to obey my regulations if they do not obey my decrees there's always demands of deliverance. If they do not obey my decrees and fall, they fail to keep my commands listen to this, this sounds like hell to me then I will punish their sins with the rod and their disobedience with beatings. But There's a great word in here. My favorite word in scripture I think. But As in a youth service I'd say I'm thankful for God's big butt But I won't say that this morning since I'm not in a youth service Because God has spoken butts over my life And he's spoken a butt over your life too Yeah if you don't live like you're supposed to live There are beatings and there's chastisement Listen what he says But I will never stop loving him nor to keep my promises to him no I will not break my covenant I will not take back a single word I said the lost promises can be restored the forfeited future can be regained the relationship can be repaired. God teaches us out of this account about hell. But he teaches us about hope. Can I say it how it's meaningful to me? This won't mean anything to some of you, but it means a whole lot to me. The strong man brings us hope because it teaches us that those of us that are bald, i go back. Sorry, I'm thinking about my own life. thinking about some of yours and I've watched some of us walk right through hell but I've watched our hair grow back (laughs) thank you Jesus my question to you this morning is very simple are you living scary have you walked away from God and don't even know it oh I know you smile all the time And put on airs. But my question is. Is if you needed him right now. Would he be there? My second question to you this morning is very simply this. Do you have any hope? Because I want you to hear me now. What God said over you when you were a teenager still goes. And I want you to hear me right now. That the promises that you find that God has made over you. Are still yes and amen. Amen. And if he said it, you can take it to the bank. And yes, the route may have been different than you would have chosen. And yes, there has been pain in the meantime. And yes, there have been some painful moments and destructive moments. But I came to tell somebody that the strong man teaches us that you can have hope, that you can remember God. And at that moment that you remember him, he will in turn flip around and remember you and say, I remember what I said and I remember what I promised. And it's not over until it's over. Come on. I want you to stand up with me this morning. There's some folks in here that need to remember right now what God has said. Come on. I need you to think back over what God has said over your life. Some of you need to do a self-check this morning. Are you walking through hell? Are you walking through hell right now because God is not there? Then check yourself before you wreck yourself. God, I pray right now that, Father, if there's one under the sound of my voice that has walked away from you, And they don't even recognize that you're gone. That at this very moment, they would turn and remember. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.